What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode two of Scales and Tales. Today, I am joined by by one of my friends that uh, I've never actually gotten to meet in person, but I've known uh, known since about 2018, so four or five years. I guess 17. Got to, 17, 17. Never actually got to meet him in person, but we talk every day, so it's it's pretty much the same thing. Um, tonight, I am talking with Brian Speller, uh, born and raised in, well, Ra- raised uh raised and fished a lot in Tennessee and now now uh in the military so now he's up in the PNW and we'll kind of touch on that but I'll let Brian introduce himself and then we'll kind of we'll kind of just uh start hopping around on topics I suppose What's up y'all? Uh, he kind of did a good introduction really. Uh Brian Speller, I've been bass fishing since I was you guys can probably hear that. There's a Chinook helicopter flying over my house, but I live on Fort Lewis, which is up in uh, Washington State in the Great White North, which is weird because it's like 30-something degrees. It's freezing right now. Usually, it's about 40-something. Just get, Once about October hits, it stays about 40 degrees. It, we just get a cold front. It's cold. It snowed last night, but yeah, born in Detroit, Michigan. Lived there for four or five years, lived in Indiana, spent a long time in Alabama after that. Uh, that's where I started bass fishing. Uh, got into it pretty heavily. Uh, started with residential ponds, you know what I mean, neighborhood developments. Uh, graduated into a John boat on a couple of lakes down there that I refuse to name because they're still that good. Um. Got into bed fishing, sight fishing for spawning fish when I was about, I want to say I was 11, maybe 10. Maybe 10 or 11, something like that. I was real young. Barely could throw a bait caster. Uh, caught a six something. I caught a 24 pound bag as a 10 year old. <laughs> sight fishing. I know, I know in a neighborhood pond. I can't really say that. That was pretty crazy. I'm just like rattling off memories right now. It was, uh, it was a pretty cool day. I was with my grandpa. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. But I got into it really with my grandparent or my grandpa. He would go out on Lake Tuscaloosa and I'd be like, hey, let's go fishing. We'd take the pontoon boat and just troll around with that 90 Mariner going slow, just trolling around and uh, throwing spinner baits and worms. And then one day I was like, let's park the boat in this little backwater and we parked the boat and I threw a fluke and then we started parking the boat instead of trolling. Right. And uh hitting spots and little largemouth caught a bowfin once. Which is crazy as a eleven year old. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy how uh well yeah, I'll let you keep going this I'll touch on this towards the end of your story. But yeah, it's just uh then moved to got into Florida, I, I call it Florida style fishing, which is a top water all year and flipping and pitching all year, punching all year. Uh, when I moved down into southern Alabama and dragging big worms, and really, that's my version of power fishing. I mean, you can burn the bank with a crankbait, but I wouldn't really call it power fishing if you're catching pound and a half largemouth, but um. Furthering that, moved to Tennessee, 
when I was a junior in high school. So I moved to I moved the I moved the day after I graduated my sophomore year. I had no friends. All I had was uh, my dad's tracker one eighty five Bodie let me have and use and very grateful for that. And I would fish my dad would drop me off the ramp because I couldn't drive yet, so I'd just go and he'd say, Stay in this cut and I can't tell you how many times, dude, he dropped me off in that cut and like the starter would go out and I'd have to troll back and instead of like telling him I would just be like call I'd call him at like nine PM. He'd be like, Where were you? I was like, Well I wanted to fish after dark <laughs> Stuff like that and that was fun and great. I went up to Lake St. Clair a couple times growing up because I have another grandpa who lives on that lake and we would go troll. But trolling was how we fished. I mean, we would tr- we would troll square bills in the lakes only 10 feet deep for the most part, you know, 10 to 12. And so you just, when you're trolling a square bill, you're pretty much putting it right in front of their face. And there's so many smallmouth per square mile there that you just catch the crap out of them. I mean, we would catch 20, 30 fish a day just in big ones. You know what I mean? Like, I think I caught a five-pounder on an Excalibur square bill. Jeez. Trolling it. And when you're trolling it, he would just have me – he would just have me leave the rod in the rod holder, right? Because he had this big bayliner boat. Yeah. This 25-foot bayliner. And – uh He'd have me stick the rod in the rod holder. Well, it got to the point where I was like, I just want to hold the rod because when they hit it, dude, oh my gosh, they hit it so hard. I can like physically remember how it felt when a smallmouth would hit that bait movement, especially when they were like up over four pounds. I mean, it was like right. they'd be swimming the other way into it and just boom. And then, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy how they would hit that thing. And then moved to Tennessee when I was, like I said, I think I was 15, turned 16 that summer, drove that truck and boat back and forth to the lake every single day. I would run out of gas in the boat, just charge it, and you know what I mean, just a chill motor. And then I started going to school, joined the bass team. I was kind of screwed for partners uh, the first year. Yeah, I mean, if he hears this, it is what it is, but... Yeah, he was pretty awful. <laughs> but, you know, I still learned a lot, had fun, and it was a learning experience because I had never tournament fished for bass. I grew up uh fishing like saltwater, like inshore tournaments like for specs and reds and did pretty good. We won a couple of those, but we like like I said, we just didn't know what we were doing bass fishing and like I knew how to catch them, but I didn't know how to like efficiently catch them, you know what I mean? Like me going yeah. I would go drag a ten and a half inch old monster until my arm fell off. And I I mean I caught it catches giant fish. I've caught giant fish doing that. Two of the nine pound fish I've ever caught came on a old on a not an old monster, but the strike king. I don't even know if they still make it anymore. I've only ever caught three fish on this worm. One was an eight twelve and two were nines. And it's the strike king rage tail anaconda. It's a ten inch worm. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've heard about that bait before. It looks like a lamprey almost. It's huge. And you throw it in like a June bug color and just, oh my gosh, you might get four bites on it, but they are going to be, one of them is going to be big. But doing that and catching 
I caught a seven pounder one time. My si I took my little sister fishing and I caught a seven pounder and she's got a video of me lifting it up out of the water. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this is it. You know what I mean? This is my first giant off the, well, second giant off the boat. I caught a, like a five. nine spot a little tungsten that you could put little two little tungsten ball bearings in and their their, their little motto was our swim baits have balls and it was by uh the guy from ira did it matt newman he was one of their guys and i forgot the other guy for true tungsten i know ish monroe had some to do with it but they were these cool i mean honestly they were really cool baits they're 30 something bucks i think they're resin too right now they're uh they're marked down to 14 if you know where you can find some buy them they're really good baits but they're cool i mean like i remember throwing that bait as a 12 year old kid on the deck of that pontoon boat while it was trolling throwing it towards the grass lines on lake tuscaloosa and just seeing all these spots come up and eat it you know what i mean just like oh it was so cool and then stopped doing that started getting into bed fishing and then i would learn another technique and that was all i did and then i learned cranking and it was all i did or a spinner bait and then you know and i'm still that way i still will learn something and be like obsess over it like right. to the point where like i do when i tell you i ordered this stuff to make like 50 jigs the other day or yesterday not even kidding <laughs> i ordered all the materials and start tying some more jigs and then yeah, that's, that's kind of a common a common thing I've found. Um, not necessarily only myself, but a lot of my friends and people I surround myself with, um, we're all very impulsive. And when we're like, "Oh, I wanna do X Y Z," the next day we buy everything to do X Y Z. We may only do it once, but I know if we ever want to do that shit again, we have all the stuff to do it again. <laughs> I have a lathe beside me to turn duck calls. I have a rod turner. In the closet behind me to build fishing rods. Um, I have this podcast mic. Um, what's in this drawer? Oh, more call turning equipment for duck calls. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. You're totally correct. I mean, he, I mean, Derek, he uh, he bought a nice air gun. He had a thermal sight for that. Well, that was after he got into mini bikes, and it's it's just. Everybody oh yeah, always doing doing different shit, <laughs> and and one um, one will definitely one hobbyists. For, yeah, one will stick for about a year or so, and then uh, kind of go back to something, or you just move on. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, because it's not a bad thing at all. But like even you said, like uh, you'd crank, you'd deep crank for a year, and then you'd find something else, and you'd learn or just fish the piss out of it. And I think uh, I think a lot of guys are like that, and then. You kind of you kind of find your niche of what you want to fish or what your fish want to see, and Punching. after all those years of you you targeting one specific technique, you kind of just Punching. it just kind of lines up. Yeah, 
You're right. Punching. <laughs> I, I would do anything to punch right now. That's my favorite way to catch a bass. But no, yeah, you're t- you're right though. But I think it also creates a better it 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 makes you a better fisherman because you now like look anyone can go to the store and buy the freaking whatever Guggen bait chatter bait they want to buy. They can go the buy tender. it and the the, <laughs> is that it or the clickbait? Whatever it is, uh, the, the they can go throw it. They can go get this swim bait right and that's fish it and they'll catch one fish or two fish and be like ah it's fun you know what i mean and then they'll they'll throw it all year and they'll be like oh my god if i burn this thing they come up and smoke it i caught three fish today burning it and i've been swimming it for two months and caught four fish well now they know oh i'm gonna burn the swim bait on the edge of a grass line and i'm probably gonna get bit that's like the, with me with the bullshit on Chickamauga. Like when I first learned, oh my gosh, they don't want it. Like I can swim this bait in and they're just going to look at it. But if I burn and kill this bait by the stalker hydrilla that a six pounder sitting on, she's not going to sit still. She's either going to move or she's either going to eat it or get the out of the way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so it teaches you different things. And so. Now, when I go to a lake and it looks like it's looking good for a crankbait, I've got that. However long I spent learning how to fish this certain bait in my back pocket. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they'll assume something's not working or not worth working when really they're just learning how it doesn't work and what will make it work better. Yeah, exactly. Trial, trial by fire. You throw enough shit at the wall, something's gonna stick, and uh, exactly. And when it sticks, you run with it. Uh, that's how pretty much my whole swim bait fishing uh, career has been. I fish a bait like one way. Somebody shows you on YouTube, and then I'm like, "This is this is fucking stupid. This thing does not swim like like it should." And you just kind of start dicking around five casts, and you're doing some random real twitches or pauses or something, and you're like, "Holy shit, that looks really good!" And then a day later, you're fishing like that, and you catch five fish, like you said, burning a burning a bait, and you're like, "Wow, like maybe maybe this this is something that uh, I need to keep on the down low and only only keep to myself." Or even like, I, I see both sides of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at the point now, where like, um, especially with the lakes up here. There's a lot of bass fishermen up here, and a lot of the bass fishermen are they're pretty got right. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's a it's such a niche thing here with all the steelhead and salmon and trout that we have that the people who bass fish it's not because bass fishing's all we got. It's because that's what they want to do, and the, it brings out a certain you know what I mean. Like it's when yeah. you have something to lose, you fight better. So. They had something to choose, and so they went and got. They started bass fishing because they had a choice. They go salmon fishing, stand on the bank next to forty-five other people. Yeah, I'm good. Or they go bass fishing and learn how to catch bass and and utilize the underrated lakes we have up here. Underrated, not overrated. Underrated. As in not not fished or overlooked. Listen, I've seen bass in these lakes where I'm like. And I, I'm not going to name drop specific lakes, but I will say uh, if it's a lake in Washington that gets stocked with trout, there's probably 10 pounders in it. 
Yeah. Especially um, on the west side. Maybe not the east side, because the east side's a whole different climate. Whole different climate. It's high desert. It's cold. In the wintertime. Here on the west side, it's temperate. We're so close to the ocean that our temperature stays pretty consistent. With the absence of a cold front here and there, but you know, bass will still eat a freaking spinnerbait in 40 degree water moving. Yeah. So they'll still eat bait that's moving. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So like that's what was so frustrating for me this year was like trying to figure out what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? Like I know there's oh, something yeah. eating. I know there's something eating. And then uh, my buddy Stu, uh, Cleveland Stu, he freaking, <laughs> he saw a bass, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, dropped a jig on his head. Bass didn't see him, right? He flips the jig out, finesses the jig into the fish's face, hits the fish in the side of the face, and the fish doesn't move. It was like it was almost like it was hibernating. Yeah, like it's in slow so motion. I, like I almost wonder if they do that. I, I almost wonder if those if fish do that in the wintertime. They just they eat once and then they don't have to eat for the, another week, two weeks. You know what I mean? The water's so cold for so long that they right. really don't have to do anything. As long as they don't move a whole lot. And burn their energy. They can do whatever they want. Uh, kind of going back to the trout, trout thing. Uh, I I misspoke on the last episode with Trevor. We were talking about trout stockings, and I I claimed that Michigan only stocks a lot of the rivers and streams, and that was a lie. I've actually somebody reached out to me and um, informed me of two or three lakes that actually get uh, stocked around around the area I live, and um, I put a post out on Swimbait University today because fish and stock trout in a in a lake for bass is something that nobody's ever heard of in the state of Michigan, so kind of used a resource, reached out to some other people, obviously, that have, have that luxury of it happening yearly to a bunch of lakes they fish, and really? uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, just kind of poked around and found what the hell stock trout do when they don't get caught by the guys fishing power bait uh, for a week after they get stocked. And honestly, it sounds like the conclusion throughout the whole country is pretty much the same, that uh, stocker trout are very stupid, and they swim in circles around the nearest point they get dumped in on, and then kind of they kind of start to spread out after a couple weeks. So hopefully, hopefully this spring, kind of dragging a hut or ripping a taxi through some of those schools, it can provoke some big fish. I'm not, my expectations are low and my standards are high and hopefully we're going to shoot, shoot and meet in the middle and maybe catch one or two big ones. It's not going to be no fucking, what is that lake in Texas? OH. Yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fish like that, but I, I wouldn't be mad with a six or seven pounder. Um, I think it's doable. No. I think it's doable for sure. It's, it is. It yeah, is. Hopefully the uh, stars align and. I could catch one or two of those this year. That would that would boost my confidence so much in this area, and uh, I'm just excited for that. And I'm glad because none of these fish really get swim bait pressure. I'm not saying that my fish at home do, but uh, they they were kind. Of, I I think they're starting to catch on to when they see an 11 inch glide bait ripping across their face, and they're like, "Holy yeah, shit!" What, what is that? That? Well, that's yeah, another thing yeah. with Washington, dude. Is like. There's a staggering amount of swim bait guys out here. There's like a fifty percent chance when you meet someone out here, they're into glide baits and swim baits. If, if they're bass fishing, 
It is pretty crazy. There's a lot of swim bait dudes up here. I think it's because it's such a it's like a cult thing up here that yeah it attracts that style of angler. But not that there's anything wrong with that. But because I'm one of them, you know. So it's yeah, like uh, right. I need to get Ethan. We need to get Ethan on here because Ethan he's been up here longer than I have. I taught him you know everything I know through playing games on Discord and Teamspeak. If you remember what Teamspeak is. You probably don't even know what that is, but it's like a no, it's like an old version of Discord. We used to like he used to ask me questions. I used to tell him things, and he used to tell me things. Like we would like bounce them off each other, and like. But I told him everything I knew about fishing when I was getting out of high school, going into college, and he took it and had success up here. And so when I got here, I was really anxious to like learn. I, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be like Michigan, and I, now I'm not knocking Michigan, but like. Uh, if you see lily pads in Michigan and you throw a buzzbait along the side of those lily pads, you will catch a bass. Right. It's it's not a it's not a if it's a you will. There are a lot of bass in Michigan, and they're hungry in the in the summertime. And I'm not saying the fish here aren't the same way, but like our fish here, while they do get a break, the pressure the pressure does slow down a lot in in the fall and the winter because the stamen and the steelhead start running, but. The water stays open on the, on the west side. The water stays open. You know, they see a lot of baits, and they see a lot of baits presented wrong. So they do get pressured to an extent. And I say to an extent because if you can find the ones that aren't, it is like fishing in Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is like they're on the buzz bait across a millfoil flat in Michigan. Like, they're, they're going to come bite. And so I think learning, you know, we had a lot of success last year fishing a local lake on base. And I say on base. And so, like, here's the thing with a military base. Like, anyone can get on a military base if you're not a felon and you don't have warrants. Like, it's pretty easy to get on a military base. Like, I'm not saying sneak on, but, like, you just go through the gate. If you want to go fish in a lake, it's pretty easy. Well, huh. A lot of people see, like, your posts and stuff, and they see you fishing, like, Sequoia Lake. Like, I fish that lake because it's literally a minute and a half from my house. Like, yeah. yeah, like, I just, all I have to do is go under the highway to the other side of base, and I'm right there. Drop my boat in, it's electric only. It's, like, I don't know how big it is, but it's not like, huge. But it's not tiny either. And you just go fishing, man, and... The problem is people assume this lake doesn't get pressure. Well, let me tell you, every good old boy like myself who joined the army and bass fished before they got in the army fishes that lake. I'm not saying they're any good at it. And I'm not right. saying I'm any good at it. But I'm saying that this lake gets the snot beat out of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they see everything. Then it's literally just a grass hole, you know what I mean? Like, So that's why I learned like in the wintertime, like, what in the world do you throw? Like, you can't go slow. You have to throw a moving bait, or they're, not, they're just not going to see it. Unless you want to throw a wacky rig. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good. And that's not to knock a wacky rig, because a wacky rig catches big fish for some reason, somehow. But, you know, like, I don't want to throw a wacky rig in the winter time. You know how slow that is? Like you just have to sit there and watch it. But it's not that it's not that I hate going slow, it's that I hate going slow with a spinning rod. <laughs> Especially if you're fishing any deeper than like eight foot. 
Oh, yeah, just waiting that thing to get down. Because you really only get, like, realistically out of a wacky rig, you get, like, three to four yards of fishing it, and then it's reeling it back to the boat. Yeah. Uh, I remember, jeez, this was probably my sophomore year, so, like, 2017, 2018. No, it would have been 20, 2016, 2017. I remember fishing a wacky rig for the first time. And I was using an EWG hook because that's all I had. I was using a Shakespeare like five six ultralight rod, and we were fishing this little tiny little pond. I I guarantee it's probably uh, fifty yards by like fifteen yards. Like it's not big at all, and it's just this little pond in this guy's front yard that we know. And uh, I was like, man, I want to go. I want to go bass fishing. So we went over there. Uh, my buddy lived across from him, and. I was, we were going to catch bluegill and I was like, I want to catch a bass. Cause like there's, there's a bunch of bass in here. And, uh, that was the first time I ever fished a wacky rig and I caught like six. And, uh, it's honestly crazy just to gain a little bit of confidence, something even in a controlled environment like that, that you can go out and, uh, figure out how to simulate it on a larger scale and catch fish. Like after that, that whole summer, I probably caught 400 smallmouth on wacky rigs in this one backwaters just because. I, I learned it so well over the past like two months that I I knew where to cast it, how to cast it, yeah. how long to come yeah. down for. And it's it's crazy what like I said, what uh what success in a controlled environment can do when you go big scale with anything, literally. Uh you could drop shot, uh wacky rig, mostly anything slow. It's a I confidence I, thing I, though. It's a confidence yeah. thing. Like and I think like you subconsciously unlock this is gonna sound so stupid. I think no, you subconsciously no, exactly what you're saying. I think you subconsciously unlock levels of fishing in your head that you don't realize you do until you catch it until it happens twice. Like Yeah. Like for instance, when we got on that punch and bite this past summer, like I remember the first one I caught doing it. Because back home when you get the mats, you can throw a frog on top of them and they're thin enough where the bass will come through the mat and eat it off the top of the mat with a frog. And there's a lot of shad under the mat, too, that'll come up and get stuck on top. And so it, the frog mimics that really well. So it's not uncommon for them to come up where, like, these bluegill don't necessarily come up on the mat like that. I mean, they're right underneath the top eating bugs and stuff. But, like, right. they, I, was not seeing, I wasn't seeing anything get stuck. I, there was nothing rolling. Like, you usually see bass roll through the mat or you'll see them, like, bust a bluegill off the top of the mat. And I just wasn't seeing that. And I was like... This is crazy. So I stayed up after dark. I fished this like after dark. I was like, well, if they're in this grass, they're going to come out after dark. And they were. I caught like 19 pounds. It was a stupid good night on a frog, just fishing the edges and stuff. And they couldn't see me. Well, freaking the next day, I, I put in my head, I'm like, all right, I have an ounce and a half weights. I have five out flipping hooks, and I have a sweet beaver. Let's just go see. Let's just. And like my third flip, I'm feeling my line down, and it doesn't stop. So I click over, pulls the rod tight, swing. It's like a three and a half, four pounder. I'm like, oh, that's where they are. You know what I mean? Like, and so I remember doing it twice and being like, oh, I remember how to do this. Because like I took a break bass fishing. Obviously, when I joined the army for like a year and a half, I really didn't fish. Yeah. And so to get that fire, like that really reignited the fire. If you know what I mean, like. Catch them on a glide bait in the spring and stuff was cool in the wake bait. It helped, but like patterning them and just 
lowering them. Like, I'd go to that lake and there'd be no one catching fish. And this isn't, I'm it's, I'm not saying this because, like, I'm trying to sound like I'm better than anyone or I know what I'm doing any more than the next guy, but it was cool to see because, like, everyone is stumped at this lake trying to catch these fish, all these kayakers everywhere. I got a video of a guy. He had been sitting in this spot all day, dude, and I was just like, okay, like, I'm coming around and I'm going to fish this because you, you're you not catching them, so I'm like, I'm not worried about bumming your fish up if I fish around you. You've been sitting here for four hours. Like, dude, I go through there and call, like, a a five nine, which up here, you know what I mean? Like that's huge. So yeah, yeah. Flip it in the boat, and the guy just starts paddling back. I was like, "Dang, that's cool." I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like that's something you can't effectively do in a kayak um, unless you can stand. Is flipping pitch uh, into grass mats and shit like that? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll probably have Trevor. You can had my boy. You definitely can, but not like. Not like the effectiveness of a boat. I'm sorry, yeah. there's nothing like uh, like kayaks are cool, but like jumbos are cooler. No offense, Trevor. Yeah. But <laughs> um, shit, what was I gonna talk about? I had oh, that's like kind of kind of taking my, or going on my take of flipping. Uh, the the lake I swim bait fish up at home. It's a pretty decent lake. It connects to uh, Lake Michigan through a channel, and I'd always fish the channel side. And my buddy Garrett, um. He'd always come up and we'd always fish the channel. We'd always drop shot and everything. And he's like, well, let's go, let's go down to the reeds and flip. And I was like, dude, I don't know what the hell flipping is. And I was like, there, there's like no fucking fish down there. Like it's all sand. And he's like, no, dude, there, there's fish down there. There's pencil reeds, there's pads, there's fish down there. I was like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, we went down there the one day and what were we fishing? Uh, I can't even remember what we were flipping, but we flipped for probably about four hours and he caught three fish, fucking rats, like nothing to him, maybe pound fish. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid. The next summer we do it, and I caught I caught maybe two fish the whole day we flipped. And this is like a hundred-yard stretch that's like just prime. And I caught two fish, and I was like, you know what, yeah, that's kind of fun. And uh, we went back like two or three weeks later, and we whomped on him. And I'm like, damn, that is a lot of fun. And uh, luckily, the Wednesday, Wednesday, turn- Wednesday night tournament was on that lake. And I, was, I told my buddy, I was like, dude, you need to go to the store, get 65-pound braid, throw it on your heaviest rod. I'll, I have all the flipping hooks. I have the flipping weights. I have the bobber stops and everything. Just bring bring any jig trailer you like. I was like, we're going to flip. He's like, I don't know what that is. I was like, well, you're going to learn. We pre-fished Tuesday. Um, our tournament's up at home. They weren't really bass tournaments, but there was like a bass division. So uh, yeah. a, team, a team only brought in three fish, and it was length. And uh, or no, no, it was, was it length? No, it was weight. Um, pre-fishing, we caught five for like twenty, and I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Like this kid, this kid had never flipped before, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like that's a whole different beast. It's a lot of fun. And uh, the next day, we ended up winning by like three or four pounds with three fish, just because nobody, nobody flips, nobody really flips that area, and nobody really has the stuff to do it. Like everybody, all the tournaments are won, won and lost with a drop shot, and then uh, we flipped. I want to say we caught like a five, a four and a half, and then I caught a medium four on the uh, on the hater for our kicker fish and a marine. Yeah. And and it, that tournament, it was just like the stars aligned. Like we couldn't do anything wrong. Brendan, Brendan caught the five, and it literally shook off in the boat, like right as we netted it. And yeah. I was like, dude, we this was this was your time. It's your time. Yeah. Yep. 
And then after that, we didn't finish a single one because we'd come in second, like, the whole year and then the year before, and we finally won one. And uh, first place only pays out. Yeah, yep, we won, and we haven't finished one since. It's been, like, two years now. Dude, we, uh... That's how me and Stu, man, like, we got on... Like, he fishes that lake a lot more than I do. He fishes it, like, almost every day. Um, and... He had never really punched and stuff, and it was getting to that time where, like, no one's catching him. You know what I mean? Like, it's like July. Yeah, it's just... It's not, that the, water, water. It's not that the water was super hot. It's just like, because uh, it's a spring lake, and so... But it's just, it's all matted up. Like, you have to either throw... You have, like, such a little acreage of the lake to fish because you can either fish the edge or the holes. And sometimes the edges are in, like, seven inches of water and you really can't fish that effectively so i took we went out one morning and we put 20 pounds in the boat in maybe 30 minutes i mean literally just punching just boing 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 you know what i mean and the trolling motor battery died so i was like hey man like i'm gonna go put this on the charger like if you're not doing anything later we'll come back out we came back out and proceeded to put another 22 on them. Just boom, boom, boom. Because we didn't get to fish the big mat. And uh, it was just incredible. Like, we couldn't believe it. it. But you have all these. And, dude, I'm not going to lie. I am a trash talking son of a gun. Like, I just, I eat it up. I love it. I live for it. Like,. This is so toxic, but like as soon as I see someone reply reply to me in like a Facebook thread, I'm I'm on go mode. Like let's go. Like I'm I'm all about Facebook shit talk, and I love it. (laughs) Like, and so dudes like, oh, if I had access to X Y Z, like I'm sorry, you're a felon. Like I don't know what you want me to say. Like, are we doing that because it's a private lake on base, or and so me and Stu this year, like, starting up, like, because, you know, smallmouth are naturally more aggressive than largemouth, so I was like, let's start smallmouth fishing this year. I got the graph. Go find some smallies. I hooked one smallmouth this year. Listen, I went so many times, so many times. It's not even funny how many times I went and graphed these freaking smallmouth, and I know they're smallmouth. He's gone a fuck ton in the last, like, three weeks even. He's gone a shit ton. Like, since, since like, the end, whenever the end of duck season was, even before the end of duck season, like, just, oh my gosh, dude, I could not get him, I can't, I can't catch a freaking smallmouth. And I have tried and tried, I just, like, I know as soon as I do it once, I'll get it. But, like, and I've hooked one, that's a, that's a problem. I hooked one and lost at the boat, and it was a nice one, it was a four and a half, five pounder on a drop shot. Drop shot high tech. And so I was just like, ugh. But I know I was doing something right, but it's just so hard to hold that little boat offshore sometimes that, oh well, it is what it is. I'll get it. I'm not, worried. I'm not that worried about it at all. But It, it kind of makes you wonder, like, uh, for anybody who doesn't there? know, Google, Google Butch Brown. And uh, it it's crazy. This guy's fishing. How long do you think that boat is, like? 14 I think, foot maybe, a, maybe. I think it's a 14.36. I think it's the same thing I got, just with a V-bottom. Yeah, but the fact that he's out there with, like, not necessarily rollers, but good size like, chop, 
and he's out there just fucking whipping out a 250. Sure, too. Like, he's fishing stuff that's not on the bank. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I was meaning. He's like, he's probably 50 yards away from a bank, if not farther. It's, it's fucking crazy what that guy does. It's, it's spot oriented, you know what I mean? Just like, oh, yeah. that's so crazy to me. He's not fishing a stretch. He's fishing a fish on a spot. Yeah, hate him, hate him or like him. That guy, that guy's an OG. He, uh, he, he was catching him before anybody, anybody was catching him. And I don't know. I, he's never done anything wrong to me. He didn't stop. I mean, he didn't stop. I think he has me blocked on Facebook, but I, I, I didn't mean to say anything um, <laughs> negative towards him. I think I said like. He does these videos, and like this dude's caught more ten pounders than I'll ever see in my life. But he yeah, never ever weighs them. He never weighs them on video. So I was just like, I think one day I said something like sixty-five pound. This is the only sixty-five pound limit where I didn't see a single fish get weighed or something like that. But I, I didn't mean it negative. Like I wasn't trying to be a joke to him. Like I was just being smart. You know, what I, mean? I was just being a, a smart ass. So, I, like, I, I didn't mean I have any will towards him. It's just like, and then one day I couldn't find Butch Brown on Facebook. So, <laughs> I mean, is what it is. I, like, I'm a, still a huge fan, but I didn't mean anything negative because, like, he just did. He's doing something that he's doing something that I'll never do. Like, I'll never catch that many freaking ten pounders in my life if I even can catch the first one. The other reason I talked to him was because uh, I got a, a Depths 175. thing looked like it was fucking rolled off the production line in 1991. This thing was so crusty. And I posted on Facebook. I was like, can anybody help me tune this thing? Like, this thing is an absolute pile. Hot dookie. And uh, this was on Universe. And fucking Butch Brown comments on it. Or maybe it was... Maybe it wasn't Universe. Is he on Universe? Oh, Badlands. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was, I think it was Badlands, like you said, and uh, everybody was kind of dragging depths, and then here comes Butch Brown, my hero in shining armor, and uh, he he shoots me a message, and it's just like gonna be off or gonna be on the coast fishing for. Oh, well, I was rudely cut oh, off back. by. Yeah, I was rudely cut off by my recording bot. Um. But anyway, Butch Brown, he uh, came in and he shot me a message. He's like, hey, I'm fishing off the coast this weekend. Won't have any cell service. He's like, uh, shoot me a text with your name on Monday and I'll give you a call. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't even know who the fuck this guy was. And this was like on a Thursday afternoon and I Google a guy and I'm like, holy shit, this guy. I, it's a guy. It's a guy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, does this guy know the state of Michigan even exists? Because he seems pretty relevant to the California community. And uh, it was probably only like a 10 minute phone call, but he, he, he walked me through on how to tune it and everything, made sure all the uh, all the weight chambers were full. And if they if they weren't full or if they were too full to cut it down a little bit. And that bait ended up swimming really fine. And then two days later, after that phone call, I sold it. But it was it was too not necessarily by butch but butch helped me yeah that's like uh, freaking everyone like everyone loves butch and there's a few people that everyone loves but there is a lot of people everyone seems to and some of them i get this one i get but doggone it if <laughs> mickey Ellis doesn't make the best freaking swimming baits i've ever put my hands 
I will be struck dead, and I'm still alive. Those things are awesome. And he is a jerk. Mickey's a jerk, safe to say. But, I mean, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> he's done nothing wrong to me. He's been nothing but nice to me. He's in, proud of his product. Yeah, in my eyes, you shit-talking a bait maker, but still buying their bait is no different than people shit-talking Jeff Bezos because he's like a, a rich prick. He's a bastard. And yet, they're the people that are ordering seven different products on Amazon. Yeah, and yeah, they got freaking... Yeah, like, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to like the guy. Like, yeah, you're gonna, like, you can't discount the guy's fish catching ability. This, like, Mickey Ellis knows how to make a bait catch a fish. Like, yeah, exactly. he can take a block of wood and carve it, and it's gonna catch a bass. Jeff, Jeff, Bezos, he, he fucking, he obviously knows what he's doing. Love him or hate him, he doesn't care. He's still making fucking millions every other minute. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like you think Mickey Ellis cares that you think he's a jerk because he doesn't care about three pound fish. Like, I mean, like let's be real. Like, I'm not saying he's not a jerk to a lot of people. I'm not saying he's a god among men. But I am saying you, you can't say anything negative about his base. They just catch fish. Like Dottie, Dottie, D O T T I E, the world like the biggest bass ever caught. Was first caught on a three sixteen mission fish. Damn, I that's a fact. That. That's 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 a fact. And, and if I'm wrong, someone correct me. But I'm almost positive, almost ninety seven percent positive, it was a mission fish by Jed Dickerson. And what, you know what's crazy? I was nine years old having an email conversation with this guy about the freaking world record bass. <laughs> I can find these emails if I can somehow log on to my Yahoo account. But it's been a while. But me and me and Jed used to have a conversation on email. Because I got a four-pounder. I was so proud of this four-pounder. I called him a buzz bait. Huge, long, skinny bass. And, yeah, he was telling me, like, he told me all about the mission fish, how they found Dottie spawning, and they swung when she swung at, she swung at the bait, and he swung at the fish, and it just so happened it did not hit her in the mouth. Is what it is. <laughs> but hey, at least you it's like it's not like they intentionally. Yeah, it's not like they intentionally snagged her. You know what I mean? It's like she it's swung, like they swung. Like long out there, you know. Yeah, like come on. Dude. Like I don't know if. But yeah, uh, freaking the workhorse is such a good freaking bait. Oh, I love that thing. Sorry. I'm I'm sure. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, if for anybody who, um has watched the 17 by working class zero of Mike Gilbert. Uh, he talks like literally probably five sentences after he says he catches the fish. He's like, you know, I went back to the cove, put it in my live. Well, he's like, I made a phone call. He's like, I called my, I called Andrew Hinkle. And then I called my best friend, Mike long. And, uh, that didn't really, it didn't age. Well, I don't think. <laughs> Cause like at the time, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like in this might receive some negative feedback. It might not, but like, Mike Long, like, I'm not saying he was one of the greatest of all time. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, like, he knew how to catch big fish. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he knew how to catch big fish. I think he got greedy. 
personally and was just like, oh, I gotta be, I gotta be the best. These youngins are coming up; they're doing right. better than I am. I think he, I think he just got greedy and was like, now he's got some. Now I'm not saying he just now got greedy. I'm saying he was in the process of getting greedy because if you watch some of his other stuff, you're like, okay, this is so staged and so fake. Like the snow bass, are you kidding me? But like, but yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah. Everything bad he did discounted all the good. Like he had some solid, fair points on catching big bass. Um. Do you think snagging bass off a bed? You're Mike Long. You're you're on top of the world. Do you think that is equivalent and or worse or better? Then who Barry Bonds was Barry Bonds one that took steroids and hit hit a shit ton of home runs, like like Barry Bonds should he be in the Hall of Fame with an asterisk next to his name relative to Mike Long being the fishing Hall of Fame with asterisk next to his name? No, 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 because because here's why you can take all the st- all the steroids made him do is swing harder. He still had to swing the bat. You know what I mean, like. It's a little bit like catching a bass in the in the butt is not the same as catching a bass in the mouth. Like, like even if it swipes at it, like even like if I catch one outside of the mouth, I'm just like, ugh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it happens. It's bound to happen. I've snagged them bed fishing before on accident, but put them back and then caught them again. <laughs> I have. You know, I was. We were we were fishing um one of my friends' lakes last year. His grandparents live on this lake. It's a it's like a quote unquote private lake. Anyway, we have his tin rig in there, and we're fishing. There's a couple of fish on beds, and uh, we just had a long day, kind of shitty shitty fishing last year. And I'm recording him. He's fishing this bed fish, and he's like, oh oh, he's she's got it, she's got it. And uh, she turns on it right as he sets the hook, fucking snags her, and he's like, son of a bitch. And like literally the next bed fish, same thing happens. He's like. He's like, oh, dude, she, she's, like, fucking flailing her fins. Like, she's going to get ready to pick it up. I don't know what the hell happened, but he ended up snagging this one, too. And he, he was just like, please delete those videos. Like, I look like such a shitbag trying to catch these fish. Yeah, I feel bad when I do it, too, but, like, it's, sometimes it's inevitable. You have a sharp object in the water around a soft yeah. animal. This may sound, like, bad, but I know if you if you rake your line across a betting fish... It fucking pisses it off. <laughs> oh, and, dude. Uh, yeah. Like, obviously, you don't even need to do it with something like you're going to catch it with, like a Ned Rig or a jig. I mean, you can you can pitch in a, a drop shot with, like, a 12-inch leader and just bounce it past. You know, kind of swipe it with the line. Obviously, you're not intentionally trying to hook it when you're pissing it off. But, I mean, it will happen if, if you're fishing a jig or some openly exposed hook with... Yeah. with uh, trying to do that tactic but i i figured that out like two years ago and wow that uh that, that'll get them get them fired up quick one thing i learned to do from a guy named brian elder he showed me this is uh you corral them you like you're gonna flip to them and especially on pressure fish they'll swim away but as soon as they swim away put the bait in front of them and put them until they're essentially what you're doing is like you know you've heard of them making circles around the bed and that's how you know they're yeah, catchable. Yeah. Essentially, you're just shrinking their circles until they don't decide. Until they decide, I'm staying right here. And you do it so fast. Like anyone who's seen me bedfish, like I go fast. I'm like bink, 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 bink until they're right on the bed. Yeah. Flip it in their mouth. 
and then put it in their mouth, and then put it in their mouth, and then put it in their mouth, until they finally get mad enough to just chase it down and freaking smoke it. But, I can't, I, you know what's crazy? I didn't even catch a thing. I, I think I saw one bed last year, but I spent so much time turkey hunting that, so I just saw I wouldn't get burnt out on bass fishing. Right. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't, I don't dick around and let my bait sit down there, soak for two minutes at a time, trying to fucking bounce the button between my hands to piss this fish off. Like, I'm going to repeatedly bounce it across its bed until it can physically no longer handle it, and next time it sees that bait, it just... You're going to leave what it's going to eat. Yeah, it's going to pick it up and try to move it, and that's going to that's gonna be the day that it gets flung into the air, because... My fucking seven three is ready to eat. She, yeah, she's yeah she, she's going she's getting ready to be on Instagram. Yeah, but that exactly. may be funny to say, but I mean it it happens. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I will catch spawning bass like no one's business because bass aren't tr- like bass are hardy fish and they'll spawn multiple yeah. times a year. So like, right? You know, I don't really feel that bad about it. To it's be not honest, like your like your like relative like if a trout had a bed like that like. Then, then I could see like oh like shit, fishing reds. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. you don't want to get caught fishing reds around the trout community. They will crucify you. Like, but but Lord forbid, like it, it's like like you said, it crucify for like fishing beds for bass, and yet you have this whole three generations of guys who are just absolutely beating the piss out of bluegills on the same beds, and if they catch a bedding bass, yeah, fuck it, they're gonna keep that thing too. They don't care. Hey. And here's what I'm saying. Like, we've been bed fishing since Bassmaster tournaments were a thing. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and still the fishing's fish. only gotten better, really. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's my take on I it. I don't mind, like, uh, recreational bed fishing. But as far as, like, tournaments, I do think that's kind of shitty. Not necessarily, like, local lake tournaments. But if you're fishing, well, I guess it would be more beneficial for local lake tournaments to release the fish back at their spawning area but like those guys that are fishing elites and they're catching like seven eight pounders off beds and then they're taking them 25 miles down down yeah and back i was like ah it's kind of shitty but they'll make yes and no yes and no yes and no but here's the thing with those fish is like usually the female isn't even the one who guards the bed like yeah right there's such a the stars have to align for you to find a female that's willing to eat on bed Yep. And, and eat like you have like they have like a 12 hour window where they're really protective on a bed and then they'll go away and they'll go lay eggs somewhere else and it's not like they spawn for life like that that fish will find another bed yeah to, that it's not yeah like bed, that female will find another bed to sit on like it's not like exactly or anything exactly and and as long as i i think personally put the mail back I mean, like, I, I do agree with putting the mail back. Like, so both on the bed, I will catch the male, throw them in a live well, and catch the female. But I think it's more important, uh, I put them obviously, post-spawn post to release the male if the male's still hanging around the bed guard and the fry because I mean, yes. that fish is, is protect, protecting the next generation of fish. Obviously, the female just kind of dumps her eggs and dips and just gorges so uh, yeah, it's it's not yeah, as relevant take that to trip to the gas station to get a gallon of milk thing for real yeah yeah <laughs> they leave they just don't come back 
Exactly. Like, pet, the mom probably ends up eating. They have more maternal instinct at it all. Yeah. Well, even the, even the freaking, even the male does. Like, I've been throwing a buzzbait over fry goggers before, and the male will come up through the fry goggers' mouth open to eat the buzzbait. Like, you don't think he swipes up some of his own kids right there? You're you're playing yourself. But, dude, I, I don't know. Here, here, bed fish is not too common. Maybe it is. I just don't see it. But I prefer to catch them right before they go on bed. That's my favorite time of the year. Like the last wave of pre-spawn fish. Those are my favorite fish to catch. Like, cause they they got that warm water aggression, but they got that cold water belly. It's uh. And what sucks honestly, is this freaking. Oh my bad, my bad. No, no, you go ahead, go ahead. But like this weekend, dude. Like yesterday, those fish we caught were all skinny. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, and I, it sounds so weird to complain, but, like, could you imagine if those fish we were catching had, had a gut? Yeah. Like, they're already they're trout out. eaters, and trout eating fish are different than normal fish. Their their bodies, listen, they're dense. I don't know what's so crazy about them, but a yeah. four-pounder in Washington is a two-pounder in Tennessee. I'm yeah. not even kidding. Like, they're just built dense. Their muscle protein's dense. We, uh, we... I don't know if you remember this, but you, Anthony, and I talked about this probably in like 2020. I, mean, I think Jackson was probably talking about it too, but we were like, I don't like this was when I was starting to catch, catch a lot of fish on like the hater. And you guys are like, I don't know what it is, dude, but your fish are like just built different. Like not, not even to be funny, but like the fish up here. Well, I don't know about down here. I haven't caught many in the Grand Rapids area, but like up at home, like Lake Michigan fish. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they put in the Wheaties, but those fish are just the butterballs, literally. Like, they're in all they're straight muscle. It's like it's like a three hundred person. It's like a if you take a two hundred pound person, that's like five seven. <laughs> yeah, right, right, with like ten percent body fat. Yeah, that's those fish. Whereas, like, you get the ones in Tennessee that are like five seven, and they're like fifty percent body fat, so they're like eight pounds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. I don't know why they don't hold fat like normal fish do, because my fish oh. do the same thing. But going off, uh, we kind of went on a little tangent there because I was going to ask you a question. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know you or follow you on Instagram or anything, what what kind of what was that fishing you were uh, you were talking about that you guys caught yesterday? For anybody who doesn't know, so um, I said McAfee come up on my computer. Sorry. Um, Dude, yesterday was so I've had good, you know, twenty. I've I've caught a lot of four pound fish in the state and five pound fish, but like only a couple sixes. And man, I'm just I'm kind of upset because yesterday, dude, I came so close to breaking it. Like, and so we start off. We got this lake here. Ironically, it's above where I caught that steelhead on the fly. It's literally two hundred yards. Well, more than two hundred yards, but. The stream, the the tailwater to this lake is where I call that steelhead. But so this lake gets a ton of trout dumped in it, but it hasn't gotten any yet. Ouch! Fuck! I just took a wild beat hook right to the palm. Fuck! That hurt. My water bottle is sitting by him, and I aimed a <laughs> But yeah, so this fish get these. This lake holds a ton of trout. It's got an inlet and an outlet creek, so they have cold water all year long. So it holds just tremendous amounts of trout. And those trout are what keep these fish, like your fish, like we were saying that 
they, it keeps them real muscle dense, but and they stay heavy, despite not looking heavy. So, me and Stu, um, so fat, Sunday, the day before, I figured out this body dragon on Texas rig. I was like, screw it, I'm going back to Old Faithful. Like, this worked for me when I was a kid, I'm throwing it again, dragging this beaver till my arm falls off. In my first cast with a beaver, I caught like a three pounder. I was like, yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Off of wood, just off the bank. Not up on the bank, just off the bank, off that first break, those first and second breaks. And we go down the bank throwing a lipless and a chatterbait for 200 yards. The exact same scenario as Sunday. And I turned to him and I said, nope, I'm putting the dang Texas rig on. We're going to go slow. We got eight hours to fish this lake. You know what I mean? We have all day to fish this lake. We're, we're picking this thing apart. Yeah, like we can go slow, but I know they'll bite going slow. I just like I I feel so confident in going slow, and he picks up a jig and his first cast dude is a six pounder, Washington State five point nine, first cast with a jig dude and I'm like oh my gosh, so I tie a jig on because why wouldn't you? Right. They t they don't told you what you want to eat. First, the first cast, the whole first cast is a myth thing, it, or the first cast superstition. That is so garbage. If you catch on a first cast, keep throwing. Anyways, um, I pick up a jig and I catch like a three. I'm like, dude, we got a freaking six and a three, like, and not a low three, like a three and a half, you know, almost four. I think it was like a three six, three six seven, or something like that. And so we're like, heck yeah, and we've only gone. Uh, you, We've got this one stretch of bank with a real defined step that they can move up from deep water without moving far. That's the big thing in the wintertime um, is finding water where they can, they can move up and down without moving far laterally. They want to move a lot vertically in the, in the colder water months because if you get a lot of sun penetration in the water, they'll sun themselves up high. But otherwise, they'll feed down low, and they'll, you know, they'll winter down low. That's where they'll yeah. just hang out. But when the sun comes out, they'll get that heat, especially when they get in the pre-spawn to warm those eggs up. But so one of the biggest keys, in in my opinion, in the wintertime is finding that that short distance laterally for a long distance vertically. And so we're sitting; the boat's probably sitting in twenty. Throwing into six or seven, and you're pulling it down at a 45 degree angle, and it's it's technical, and it was early that morning, so I catch that three and a half. We go all the way up down the bank to where it flattens out. Stop catching them. Well, actually, I caught one on a chatterbait that was like three on a jackhammer, which is cool, but fluke fish. I yeah, like. We just caught six, you know what I mean? Like we're not, we don't. Yeah, right. I don't really care about the three right now, you know what I mean? And it's hard for I. It's just hard sometimes, like when you're catching four pounders up here, especially up here, because you can go and catch two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, four and a half, five. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can it, those rolls will happen, and they happen often. But to really catch those giants, you know what I mean? Like a six, a five and a half to six is just not not like that. You usually don't get them on that roll especially with a moving bait. It happens, 
but um, it's not not as common because those are typically older, slower fish up here. But so we go down the lake and we get back on that bank and I catch like a four, and so now we're like, oh, we got a six, a three, or like a five point nine five. You know what I mean? So a six pounder. Yeah, uh, and hair away from six. Yeah, a nose hair away from six. Just like, so we got a five nine, like a three six seven, and now we've got like a four two. And I'm like, oh crap, you know what I mean? Like for so the tiny boat tournaments up here are three fish limits, and uh, this is the winning bag that we've got right now. And I'm like, dude, oh, like, because we're like we, the whole time we've been fishing together. We're always anticipating that we're going to fish tournaments together. The problem is we just never get time. With the military, you never know. So this year, we're really going to try and take it seriously. But we're like, dude, we got to win in bag right now. Like, if we could pull this off here, we can probably do this on these other lakes. You know, like, I'm not going to name them. Oh, there, there he's back. Yeah, I'm not going to name him. <laughs> Craig, is, Craig is still here, so that's all good. But yeah, if you can do it here... I, I think we can replicate it because a lot of these like set up very similarly and they get equal amounts of pressure. So I'm throwing and there's a stump and you know, down on the bottom and it goes from like this grass to wood bottom, you know what I mean? Gravel here and there. And there's a stump next to some rock and you can feel it on a jig and I can feel it. And really, one of the reasons I love throwing that jig, dude, is you just, it's the the original Panoptics is a freaking half ounce jig. You just throwing it, feeling that bottom, feeling that bottom. And I just set it up. I throw off. Um, the bait's probably in 14 to 16, somewhere in that range, you know. And I'm feeling it on the stump, and I we're just dragging it so slow, man. Like, you just have to go slow. And I feel it thump. You know what I mean? I know, like, I feel the bite. And I'm like, yeah, oh, right. crap. Because when you get a bite on a, a stump in, like, 14 feet, it's usually not a little one. You know what I mean? Like, usually it's the, it's the fish that owns the stump. And so, and rent was due. So, I <laughs> reeled down and cracked her. And when I cracked her, like, I've caught, like, you know, I've caught, a, I'm lucky enough to where I've caught a lot of big fish in my life. Big relative, you know, relatively big fish. And so I crack her and she doesn't come straight to the surface. She starts going for deep water. And I'm like, This is you a know, big one. My you know, I'm, my spotty sense starts tingling. I'm like, maybe this is one's this is a real one. I told I turned around and told Stu. I said, This is a real one, dude. And uh it goes under the boat and it doesn't come up. I'm like pulling her up kinda, but she's not coming up. And then she I see her, but just faintly, and I could just see her head. I was like, oh, so I said, Stu, it's a big one, dude. Like, this is a nice one. And uh, she goes to go under the boat, and when she goes under the boat, I, th I throw my, my uh, jigs, I throw them with a heavy hook, 20-pound fluorocarbon on a 7.5-foot flipping stick every time, unless it's a finesse jig. But that's, that is the jig setup. For three eighths to three quarter, heavy hook, twenty pound fluorocarbon, seven and a half foot flipping stick, and 
when she took that flipping stick and glued it to the side of the boat, digging me, I was like, in, in January, the water temp is 43. You know what I mean? Like, right. I said, oh my, oh my gosh. Like, and it has been so long since I caught a fish this big. It comes up, the net goes under, he scoops it, puts it in the boat. Like, he he's shaking. You know what I mean? Like, I could tell he's shaking because two thousand. You know, I like I'm lucky. He hasn't been fishing that as long as I have. So like, to for him to see a fish this big is like he, it, it hasn't happened that many times in his life. And for me, I'm looking at it like I saw my knees are shaking, dude. You know, like my, I'm kind of shaking telling the story. Like I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's huge. He goes, is that a ten? I was like, no, it's not a ten. I was like, it's not a ten. It's not a ten. <laughs> He goes, I caught so I FaceTime so I FaceTimed Ethan after he caught that six earlier, right? That five nine. And I said, Ethan, yeah. bro, I said, you gotta come to this lake. <laughs> I almost said the name. I said, You gotta get over here because me and Ethan know this lake pretty well. This is one of the first time me and Ethan ever fished together, we came here. So uh he's got uh, he's got a couple big ones out of here too. Not that big, but <laughs> he he's like how big I, I hold it up he goes is that one eight I was like I don't think so I don't think it's gay I don't think it's eight it put the head I'm looking at the head like oh my gosh it might be eight you know what I mean right, right. and we put it on the scale it's like 682 I'm like oh I mean this, how can you be mad about this almost seven pound largemouth this far north it just doesn't it's, it doesn't it's a that's a freaking nature but, like, it was so close to seven, and it didn't have a gut. You know what I mean? None of these fish had a gut. And so... That fish, that fish may have been having the the number three combo meal with the biscuit hold the slaw, but she she needed the slaw to get that seven mark, unfortunately. No, but, that's a, but this is what I'm saying, dude, is... And I don't think... I think we were on the first wave of fish that had moved up out of that hibernation yeah. stage. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. we were on that first, those were the first ones that they even get, they felt that little bit of warmth and we're like, all right. You know what I mean? And, and I think we caught them in that transition right there in that deeper water off the bank. Is this, is this lake have trout in it, trout stocked at all? I, I know it's connected to that stream. Oh, no, tr ton of trout. It's got, yeah, it's got a lot yeah. of trout. So, so do you think it, it's in the realm of possibility to catch a 8, 9, 10 out of there? Or do you think it's just kind of, obviously, I don't know the lake. I don't know how big it is or anything. But uh, is, is that in the realm of possibilities for there? Or not not too sure. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a 10 in there. I think there's a 10. Um, yeah. For sure. Because there's so much habitat in there that they have so much forage. There's so much room for the forage to hide. They're relatively unpressured. They're pressured, but they're not, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, if they're not, they're not the big ones. Aren't pressured is what I'm saying. Like, there's no right. one really throwing the big swimmer. There is, but they're not really throwing it right. And that's uh, that's exactly what I'm banking on. Not going slow enough. Um, anybody who lives local will know what lake I'm talking about. But there, there's there's a big fish factory lake in town, and. Uh, it get it gets the in, in GR. I'm trying to think of the lake that yeah. I knew of. A guy got caught an eight pounder out of when I was over there. I mean, you can say the name. Everybody knows about it. Um, it's probably not the same lake. It's it's that Reed's Lake, and there's there's honestly, 
it's 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 mecca big fish for grand rapids not saying that there's not other lakes but this this lake people know there's big fish there. and, yeah and uh i mean they have big big ass tournaments out there like 40 boats well not even 40 like 20 boats in the lakes filled up and they yeah. do like sunday fun days out there and there's like 40 boats i've heard and i'm like that's just ridiculous but nobody really bring i mean people bring in good fish but nobody's caught like like eights like substantially like maybe a guy will catch one one year and then another four years somebody will catch one and uh nobody i know down here fishes swim baits so i'm hoping that that i some of my buddies are getting into it they're all still in think, high school so they're, they're kind i think of that um i don't think the swim bait is what'll catch it it might it might it yeah. might come from me dragging the hood in the same spots because yeah. I, I just didn't throw it that day. They were eating the jig. Why would I throw anything else? The big ones are eating the jig. Right. They done told you what to throw. So I think I could probably get one to eat a HUD, especially if when I see WDFW messed up because they didn't put the trout stocking schedules out. So when they Ooh. stock them, you can look on the website and see which there. lakes got stocked. Right. So, yeah. and there's only one place to put them in. So, yeah. one access. and there's only one bank that's not covered in grass yeah, so like that's why i'm trying to be careful about the name because like but anyway so we kind of pull out from there and like we're looking at this fish like holy crap we have a six and an almost seven yeah and the you know what i mean day. in the same day an hour apart yeah. we've only been fishing for two and a half hours right so so god man like I think I caught a four right after that. So now we've got like, but like, I, I don't even remember. I just threw it back. You know what I mean? Like we waited and threw it back. It wasn't like a, yeah. and so I'm like thinking to myself, like that one was like a four twelve, and then like, like a high three, a six eight and a five point nine. So, let me do my math real quick. Let me just, let me just, I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to get this wrong. So, uh, what was I saying? 3.67 plus 5.9 plus 6.82. That's three fish. Plus 4.21 equals 20.6. You know what I'm saying? So... Like four fish, we've got four fish for twenty freaking pounds. So I kind of sat down and take a break. I think I called y'all, like called my dad. Like I was telling him, I was like, "Dude, we're having a day. Like this is like this does not happen here." And so, but I think it can. I think I think we're I think we're just on the cusp of it. You know what I mean? I think I think it's just about to. I don't think it's about to go crazy. I think it's. I don't know if I will have another day like that this year, but. I guarantee I'll be able to stick some more big ones right there if I'm if it just doesn't get blown out of proportion. I don't mind sh I, I don't mind not blowing the backgrounds. I don't mind showing people what I caught them on because if you are if you have the dedication to go there, do exactly what I was doing, and go as slow as I was going and be as methodical as me and Stu were being, then you earned the fish. You know what I mean? Like I can't knock that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you did see me do it and go do it, but you know what? That's social media. That's part of it. So, am I just going to be upset about it? No, man. Good fish. But, 
Especially because if you catch a freaking seven pounder in Washington, that's a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like, like, and so I'll tell Stu, we go fish the other side of this point, this creek channel, just trying to catch one on jerk bait or chatter bait or something in the grass. I told Stu, I said, let's go back. Let's, Let's go back and stair step that one more time. And our third cast back over there was a f- like a five five, so five point five five point point five Damn. was twenty point six. Hold on, I did my math. Twenty point six plus five point five equals twenty six point one. So somewhere between twenty five and a half and twenty six pounds. Of Pacific Northwest bass, like we're not no. we're not talking NorCal, we're not talking Oregon. Oregon's got some giants. We'll be fishing Oregon. Um, these are like true northern bass. You know what I mean? Like this lake doesn't get above seventy five degrees. You know what I mean? Like maybe even seventy four. Like I mean, it doesn't get like it's not like that kind of fisher. You know what I mean? Like yeah, um, and so like, and all those fish were skinny. So wait till they have eggs. You know what I mean? Like, wait till they get a couple trout in them, and wait till they get them eggs. They had the they. You could tell they've been eating trout just because of how muscular they were and how like thick they were. Like brick, they're like bricks, real dense. So you could tell they've been eating trout and craws. So, well, who's to say in the third week of March or something that? When they do get eggs and they we do get that consistent warming trends to trigger a pre-spawn, to trigger the pre-spawn. But, you know, there's no telling. And I'm going to hit it hard. Ethan's going to hit it hard. Ethan will probably catch a bigger one than I do just because that's what he does here. Yeah, he always um, he's really good at going slow. I don't know. I used to know. I, it took me a while to regain that patience after you know having so much fun going fast out here. But, like... He's really good at. I'm gonna throw a Texas rig, and I just want to catch a fish so bad. You know what I mean? You'll slow down. He gave me. He let me use his freaking NRX one time, and I was so busy feeling the bottom, I didn't realize I wasn't feeling the bottom. A fish had literally eaten, and I could feel it. The fish crushing it. That's what I was feeling with the NRX, and I set the hook and missed it somehow. Oh, but that was in January one year, but. Damn. Yeah, I think I think it's about to I think about the bus wide open, man. I I honestly do. I'm I'm not trying to say that to to build hype. I'm not trying to um toot my own horn, but like I really do think we found something special, and I, and I think yeah. that we're just on the cusp of what could like, dude. Seven pounders don't happen up here. Yeah, and to catch yeah. And they get bigger. I know they get bigger. Dan caught that 10. You know what I mean? Oh, what's his name? Yeah. Daniel caught a 8. Like, Brent caught a... Brent Davis, I think is his name, caught like a 9 up here. So it happens. And these are all different lakes. Every big fish I just mentioned came from a different lake. Yeah. So... Special. It's only a matter of time until you cross the right lake, go in the right speed, when the fish decide to move up. And and get that pre-spawn feed going, and just or before it aligns perfectly for somebody. Whether hopefully, and hopefully 
I hope it's. I want. I want to see Stu catch one. I want to see Stu break his PB because that dude puts in. That dude will go grind. He don't care if it's raining. Listen, we got. He caught that six and it was snowing. Snow, big snow. You know what I mean? Like it's snowing. He caught that six. It was sunny when I caught the seven. It was raining when we caught the fours. Like. It was uh, we got to experience all four seasons, but I think that that weird weather pattern just had them wanting to eat, and they were ready for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's only a matter of time till we get that bank, and the right ones have moved up on it and hit the yeah, you know, exactly. But that bank is any lake. Everything, everything aligns, and uh, and, and that fish bites, and everybody, everybody hopes to capitalize on it. And I would say, I would say most do when that time comes, but. The ones who don't, I've had a couple fish um, come up and eat, and I they they should have been in the boat. And this, that, or the other, it just it just wasn't the time. It was a yeah. perfect storm for me not to catch that fish. And as it's as fortunate as it sounds, I know that there's there's gonna be other um, other situations like that that'll happen, and I expect myself to be able to handle them a little bit better, knowing what I know now and. Next time the stars are aligned, I think it'll be my time. But I guess until then, you just you just gotta kind of keep going at it because you never know when it's gonna happen. Yeah, you never do. You really never do. My biggest, one of the biggest, uh, the biggest fish I've ever hooked in Washington, maybe besides that one I caught, was on a bull shooter, and it just caught me by surprise. And I got pictures of her behind it, and it looks like a submarine. I mean, she's a dang eight or nine pounder, just huge. Yeah, but. Dude, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and it was a pleasure to be on here. But I have a yeah. dog that is crying his behind off, so yeah. I'm gonna go let him out. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, I want to thank everybody who did take—I don't even know how long this one will be—but who did take time out of their day to listen to this. Um, make sure you guys follow Brian. I will leave his Instagram handle in the description, like I did with Trevor's on Spotify and on Apple Podcast. Hopefully, this will be on Google Podcast too. But uh, Google takes some time to get approved for, which is really lame. But uh, like I said, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you guys did enjoy, make sure you give it a five-star rating on whatever you're listening to. Make sure you follow Scales and Tails on uh, on Instagram. It'll be greatly appreciated to kind of get get some uh, background when, when shows aren't Try to get some footage, too. Try to get some footage, you know, to put out somewhere yeah, like an yeah. Instagram or some sort of just build hype and going to show you all what's going on because this like the story that i just had of these big fish doesn't just happen up here it happens in trevor state you know kansas it happens in missouri it happens in nevada it happens in idaho it happens in cali it ha- you know what i mean like every like everyone's kind of got their own little thing going on and it's really cool to see in my opinion uh the states like if i saw an eight pounder out of kentucky i would watch that video over and over and over again you know what i mean like yeah. It's so cool to me to see like fish that you didn't know existed there exist. Yeah, um, guys fishing Ozarks with mothers and stuff. Those are some of the coolest videos. Uh, those videos are just badass. They're fishing under boathouses, casting up, casting up these wild color mothers, and uh, having a seven pounder chase it out for forty feet and eating it. Those those videos are badass. So, I mean, if you have anything like that, send it send it my way and I'll post it and uh, I'll have you on the show and talk because those things uh, don't happen frequently and if you're lucky enough to record it, uh, I want you on to talk about it too so we can have a story with the video. But uh, yep, that's going to wrap it up for this guys up or for this episode. I do want to appreciate everybody for listening and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks everybody.